You know our theme that Bishop has been teaching on is the seven pillars of wisdom. We are continuing on the theme of building through wisdom. We have learned that anything significant in life, if we want to have it and make it our own as a permanent feature, we must take time to build it. If it's a prayer life, you must take time to build it. If it's a family, you must build it. If it's a business, you must build it. And we know that building is a process. It's not an instantaneous thing. Whether you build a building in terms of a superstructure like this one, you're also going to need more help. You'll need a designer, an architect to help you with the design you have in mind. You need builders who can come and reconstruct what you want to be constructed. You need the material that is necessary to build, Basalwan. So building is, takes effort, takes money, takes time. So whatever is of significance in our life is not going to be a quick thing. We are going to take the process led by the Spirit of God according to the Bible we are going to build. If we want biblical results, we must build according to the standards of the Word of God. Now we have been looking at Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 to verse 4. It reads as follows. It says, by wisdom a house is built. By understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. We are, st we are staying in complete houses, but when we, where we, wherever we live, we have seen people start buildings and never completing them. You know, sometimes you take things for granted that you have and you think it's a norm. It is not always a norm to find a building that is well built. Buildings are falling on people because they lack the strength. They, lack, they were not built sometimes properly. Sometimes they were built using systems that will not withhold the weathers in the environment. So we need to know that we must take the time to build. And when we build, we must build right. We must use the right materials. We must get the proper skills. Are you there, Basalwan? We must not have Uncle Verk, Basalwan. It says, by wisdom, a house is built. You see, whatever is built, it means it is established. It is meant to last. Even our life, we are building for longevity. We don't want to be a success for a few days, for a few years. We want to be a success for a lifetime. You want to be a successful person in your youth, in your adulthood, in your midlife and never have a midlife crisis. You want to have success in your golden age. When you know that you are about to leave, your departure is at hand, but you have no regrets. You know you have lived the faith. You have been tested and tried. You stood on the name of Jesus. You know you have weathered the storm, not by your wisdom, but the wisdom of the word of God. Heaven and earth may pass away, but the word which is our solid rock, when we are standing on it, it is solid foundation. It is good foundation. Whatever is built on it, if it's of God, it will stand. That's how we should build as children of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So by wisdom, a house is built. Proverbs chapter 8, uh, chapter 9, uh, verse 1, it says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn it out. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Here we see wisdom being personified, being called in a form of a person, a personality. Now let's take wisdom here as depicted as a person. 
it, when you look at wisdom, it wisdom has built her house. You see, anything of significant that you want in your life, you can't delegate it. You must do it for yourself. You must apply the Bible for yourself. You must hear the Holy Spirit for yourself. You must receive counseling for yourself. You must be prudent for yourself. You must be discreet for yourself. You must be knowledgeable for yourself. Then you will build. It says wisdom has built her house. It's like your career. Nobody will build your career for you. You must build it. If it has to be a successful career, you must take the time, you must take the effort and apply all the principles that you have learned from the word of God. And do what? And build. It says, wisdom has built her house. The house is there. It's evident. It's standing. We don't build by talking. We build by showing people things that are standing. Are you there? We confess and do what we have confessed. Sometimes we make the mistake of just talking and never following through with actions. It says wisdom has built, and what wisdom has done, when wisdom built this house, wisdom built a solid house that has seven pillars to ensure that this house is built to last and it does not crumble down. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12 to 14 indicates what these seven pillars are. In verse 12, it says, I wisdom, I dwell with prudence. Find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance, the end and evil way, a perverse mouth I hate. Verse 14, counsel is mine, sound wisdom and understanding. I'm sound, I'm understanding and I have strength. Now here the Bible shows us that wisdom has certain ingredients or certain pillars. You know, I think it is, it is, it is Immanuel Kant. When he talks about science, and I know all of us are fascinated by science. He says science in simplistic or simple terms that are easy to understand. Science 101. What is science? He says science is organized body of knowledge. Are you there? Whether it's humanities, whether it's technology, whether it's engineering, whether it's law, as long as you organize your knowledge in a specific way and you follow a certain method and logic and you pursue certain arguments and ideas, at the end of the day, that knowledge, once it's organized, whether it's mathematics, whether it's physical science, once it's organized, you call it science. But what is wisdom? He says wisdom is an organized life. We don't have to live our life haphazardly. We have to take the word and order our lives according to the will of God. What are the things that are pleasing to God? What are the things that are displeasing to God? That you have to clean out of your life and cling to what is pleasant to God. You are very wise when you live your life in an organized way. Bazalan, take care of your life. Take care of anything else that God has placed in your life. 
Organize your finances in a way God leads you. Don't do things that are unwise. Organize your family. Families are a gift from God. But how do we handle them? Organize the time you must spend with your family. Are you there, Basalan? You need to organize your, 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 you must organize your personal life. We all have 24 hours, but how do we pack that 24 hours? How do we pack it? Some people in 24 hours, by the time they hit the street, they have prayed, they have journaled, they have thoughts to meditate for the day. They have organized their day. They have a daily planner. They know when they hit the office what they are going to do. They have read a book. They have been to the gym. They have a plan of their food for the week. And at the end of the day, but see a pillar skirt. You must organize your life. The seven pillars of wisdom are prudence, knowledge and discretion, the fear of God, counsel, sound wisdom, understanding and strength. We have already dealt with prudence. We have already dealt with knowledge and discretion. Today we are looking and focusing on the pillar called counsel. We are defining counsel today. What is counsel? The word counsel, as we find it in Proverbs 8.14, which we have just read. When you look at Strong's Dictionary or Esod, the word is the word etzo. Etzo. In Hebrew, etzo. It means advice. Advice. Keletzo. Advice. The word of God or the wisdom of God brings advice. It gives you the nuggets of the truth you must apply to explore your options. You see, Barcelona, in life, you can make decisions about many things, but you must always, before you make a decision, a decision and say, what is my best option? Because God wants us to have the best for him and for ourselves. That is why even when we approach marriage, God is specific. Marry, but in the Lord. He's clear. He wants the best for you. He wants the best. You can marry whoever you want. Even if you marry an unbeliever, you'll be violating the Bible if you're a believer. God won't kill you. But you will live to enjoy the quality of life. That is below what God had to offer. By implication, it also means a plan. The word of God gives you a plan. You see, God wants us as people to know that we can move from A to B. Following the plan that he has given to us. I mean, I think I had somebody explain vision. I got a vision, we said it's a picture 
of your preferable future. Here you are, that's A. Your preferable future is B. Talk to me. So, when God gives you a plan, he gives you a plan to know how to move from where you are as you envision. I got you, you are here. You have the vision, but the vision is there. So the plan helps you to unravel the vision from there to here. That is why people can live 50 years in life and never reach there. Because they didn't have a plan from God. That is why the word is also called purpose. Purpose. I, 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 I'm not holy or I don't live holy and strive to be holy and pure and have integrity. Just, I do it because it's linked to my purpose. The more I have integrity, the more I have longevity to do the work of God without ifs and buts. The reason we give is because we have purpose. We are intentional. We know what giving does. Or my life is not here to take away, to consume. My life is an investment. God has invested in me. Other people have invested in me. That I may be in a position to benefit others. The church is investing in you. To educate you. So that you may be a better worker. A better mother. A better husband. A better citizen. The same word, Etzo, it is applied to Jesus our Lord. In Isaiah 11, verse 1 to 2, prophetically, even before Jesus is born, Isaiah prophesies about him. In verse 1, he says, There shall come forth a root from the stem of Jesse, a branch that shall grow out of his roots. Verse 2, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And look at how the spirit of Lord is defined there. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. All the things that are mentioned. All the things that are mentioned in Proverbs 8. Now it says the spirit of counsel will rest upon him. That is why when people brought questions to Jesus, he gave them counsel, he gave them a plan, he gave them advices that makes them wiser in them dealing with their bread and butter issues. 
They come to him and say, we see you are prayerful. How do you do it? He teaches them how to pray. They come, they see him spending the whole night in prayer. They want to know about fasting. He teaches them about fasting. They see Jesus is criticized. He's rejected. But he's unfazed. They say, how do you do it? He says, love your enemies. What was happening? The spirit of counsel. When the spirit of counsel is upon you, because you have the wisdom of God, oh, you have wisdom to deal with all the questions about your life that are facing you, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in money, whether it's in spirituality, whether it's in service. The spirit of counsel counseled you. You don't have to go through life. Upaiza. Bazalwan. Now let's look at the second point I would like to just unpack a little bit. The synonyms that are related with this word counsel, as we are defining it, that are used in other places in the Bible. Proverbs 1, verse 5, in the King James Version, it says, A wise man will hear, we, we know that women are included there because men were writers, they were thinking and writing from their own perspective. If women were writing, they were also going to write the same way. <laughs> it says a wise man will hear, they will hear, hear, and will increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain sound counsel. Look at the sequence. A wise man and a wise woman, what will they do? They will hear. You will never be educated unless you learn how to hear. Because what follows is, it is a wise man will hear and increase learning. You see, sometimes we don't hear. Or we only listen to respond, not listen to understand. You must learn to listen. Sometimes the problems we have in our relationships are siswani. Because when a one is talking, your mind is itlets, itlets. Like the OJs would say, your body is here with me, but your mind is somewhere on the other side of town. And you're messing me around. <laughs> Sunday we come to church do we hear to increase knowledge but I want to listen to this this world is full of information but lack of education there's internet there's radios there's TV so much information but people are not getting educated to have skill to be wiser We have so many financial programs, but so many bankruptcies and so many debts. We have so many eating plants.
I shall not finish. <laughs> there are many. But our problem is we don't listen. So many sermons that are talking to us. But tomorrow you will be phoning in the office asking for an appointment with a pastor. Yet the best counseling was happening here. Since last, since, since the beginning of the year, there's been best counseling to equip you for the year. But you want to sit next to a human being. When there was anointed teaching coming from this place, giving all of us, all of us in our own categories, in our own stages of life, counseling that is valuable. The word of God is good for exhortation, for correction, that the man of God may know, may know how to live in a way that is pleasing to God. That he may know how to be approved by God. Yeah, your life, is your life approved by God? Your life becomes approved by God when you receive counseling from his word. A wise man will hear and increase and attain understanding unto wise counsel. In Hebrew, that word counsel there is the word tobolo, which means steerage, to steer or like to drive, or a management of ropes, you know. When you have ships, you know, we are inland, uh, we are inland, we, 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 we know less of what is happening in the sea. So people who are used to the sea, they know all these things. But anyway, even our modern ships, they, are, they have improved in technology. But in the past, you used to have ships that have sails, that were tied with ropes. Are you there? That were linked to where, you, if you want to steer the ship, in terms of you could control it with the wind. Are you there? If the wind was going in a specific way and you want to go, you had to turn the sail in a specific way. So how you manage the ropes, are you there? And, and control them as a skipper would determine how you make progress in your journey as a ship. Steerage. That's what it means. Your ability to navigate through the forces of life, challenges of life, with skill, with character, with determination, without being phased. Steerage. Sometimes, was alone, we just need to get hold of our lives and get guidance from the Word of God and steer our lives out of rocky, dangerous places and reach a life to the fullest as God wants us to reach it. No wonder Paul says, Some in the faith have faced shipwrecks. Because they did not know how to steer. But you can lose the blessings that God gives to you. The blessing may traumatize your life, spoil your life, if you don't know how to handle the blessings. There's people who are cursing marriage today. Marriage is not a curse. Marriage is a blessing of Basalan. But, but because they could not steer. 
Nearly DIY, Mazenzela. They, they neglected the word of God. They, they could not steer through life. God in his wisdom, when he gave us marriage, he gave us the principles that goes with it. And they are in the word. How many people are successful today? But you can't even find them in the house of the Lord. I don't even call that success. Because success without God is not success. It's bad success. We must have good success. Good success says I worship God, not the resources. I seek after the kingdom. The rest, they follow me. But many people just handle too much money. And they don't know how to steer themselves. Back to spirituality. Back to commitment. Back to being soul winners. Being used and anointed by God. We are lost in a lifestyle of luxury. And we lose our spiritual significance. That word... It's about guiding our actions out of harm's way. Now, you see, the wisdom of God as we talk about here gives you guidance, counsel, and strategy that you find in the hands of skilled counselor. Have you sat down when, when, when you have issues that you need to clear in your life and you stand before a competent, anointed counselor? And you begin to talk to you, to them. And with skill, ability to listen, ability to discern, ability to hear the voice of God. And how they give clarity to your situation. The same thing can be upon you. If you receive the counsel of God. If you allow the spirit of God to come upon you. Proverbs 5, 1 verse 5. It says a wise man will hear will increase in learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. But we must be willing to receive good godly advice because it's a pillar in our life. It's a pillar. It brings stability. It brings longevity. It brings stickability. It brings continuity. It creates steadfastness. Godly counsel, Pazalwan, brings wisdom to you. But wisdom is worthless unless you apply it. You must apply it. You must just apply it. I mean, we have been taught about maintaining good relationships. And one of the things I know, Bishop does not like strife. He does not like strife. So it means if a life without strife is modeled, why are you having strife? Why, Barcelona? You see, life is too short for you to be a bookkeeper counting all the wrongs that people are doing against you. You end up with stress. Life is rough by itself, Barcelona. And some people, when they treat you, they don't treat you fairly. 
They don't fight right, they fight dirty. Somebody says, don't fight with the pig because you'll be dirty, but the pig likes the dirt. Walk away. Forgive. Love. Bless. And live a free life. That's the wisdom of God. Jesus can't say, peace, I live with you. He was saying that because he knows we'll be stressed. What's about how people are right? Who's Jim Rohn says, life does not get better by chance. It gets better by change. You must apply the word of God to change your life. It is through counsel that God brings us in a space where we get good advice. How to plan better for our lives. How to have focus. You know focus? Hey, Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, or looking unto Jesus. Because how can she have told you? What is the man? Jesus. Focus. Looking unto Jesus. Man, we Look unto Jesus. Paul says, I press on to the mark. To the prize of the highest calling. I'm looking at Christ, the author and the finisher of my faith. John emphasizes the same thing. He's the alpha, he's the omega. Just look at the alpha and the omega. Focus. Focus. Bow criticizer, Jesus. Bow clever, Jesus. Jesus. Focus. Focus. You must learn focus. There's so many things that will take you out of the plan of God when you lack focus. When you become a businessman, know why God called you as a businessman. Focus on it. When you are a man of God, you are called to preach the word. Focus on the word. Preach the word in season and out of season. If you are married, be a wife of one husband. Don't look around. Be a husband of one wife. There are flowers in God's garden. Move on. Focus. It helps you how to manage the ropes of your life. It helps you how to steer your life skillfully into your destiny, Basalwan. 
You must not suffer shipwreck. Navigate through the storms and the challenges of life. One unknown writer says, don't be pushed around by your problems. Be led by your dreams. But that is why you must treasure the counsel that God brings to your life. Through the word of God in the pulpit, through friends around you, through matured people that God brings your way to bring depth and growth in your life. Many people's lives are destroyed because they don't have the privilege of having good advice. They're exposed to bad advice. No wonder they're in trouble. There is a saying that says, sometimes the smallest step in the right direction ends up with the biggest step in your life. Tiptoe if you must, but take the step. God sometimes to change your life. He's not looking for big, gigantic steps. No. God might be looking for you, looking at you, reading just the Bible for an hour. So pray for an hour. And once you develop the habit, it's two hours, it's three hours. Hey, so late for it rainy. Hey, finally, filling a spitty pipe will my kitchen. Because this thing has consumed you. The discipline has been built over time. But you now we want to start with a giant leap. Sometimes just to change your health, God wants you just to drink water. Just water. Two liters of water. Before God is not looking for radical steps as yet. No radical steps as yet. Two liters of water per day. Then After two liters of water, then you before you do radical steps, God is looking at the short steps, the small decisions you must make. Forgiving one person and letting go, give in. That's what wisdom does, Bazalwan. Wisdom does. It gives you the ability to make decisions one day at a time. What is the source of godly counsel? What is the source? Then we come into application. What is the source? The source of godly counsel is nothing else but the word of God. You know, when you read the Bible, the Bible has answers to all the problems that God wants to address about our lives. When we read the Bible, God knows when he inspired his men and women, he knows what to reveal to them. He knew what we were going to go through. So the word of God brings wise counsel according to the needs that God knew we were going to have in the circumstances we were going to live in. So we must use the scriptures, Pastor We must use the scriptures in our lives in order to transform our lives. In order to make sure that we receive and cash in on the decisions, on, on the counsel that God is giving through his word. We read, Barcelona, that the success we need is in the word. 
Isaiah 55 verse 11 reads, So my word, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth, God says. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire. Without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. God says his word will bring forth spiritual life. It will accomplish the fruit he plants. If he plants financial prosperity, you will get it. If he plants health, you will get it. If he plants peace and a healthy home, you will get it. If he builds character, you will get it. Elizabeth Elliot says, faith does not eliminate questions, but faith knows where to take them. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing what? The word. So when you hear the word of God, you can answer to the questions that life is posing to you. You know why? Because you know where to take them. Faith is only nothing else but trusting God and standing on his word. Now, as you read the Bible, incredible things happen in the Bible. In the Bible, the way the Bible is written, there are principles that are taught in the Bible. There are, and the Bible tells us there are individuals, there are communities, there are people who trusted in God. And as they walked with God, things happened to them. Good things and bad things. But they knew how to respond. In 1 Corinthians 12, uh, chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 12, we'll read verse 11. It says, these things happened to them as an example. Examples were written down as a warning to us. Whatever Paul went through is for my example. Whatever Daniel went through is for my example. Whatever Esther and Ruth went through is for my example. That in my walk in God, with God, that we, even though I face challenges, there are victories that are awaiting me. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. They were written for our instruction. Instruction. You know what's an humanity? Humanity to follow an instruction because the instruction is the manual that gives you the details how to use what is given to you. When they give you a cell phone, they give you a user's manual. It gives you instructions. So we have instructions for life. The Bible is interesting because when you read it, different books and writings in the Bible, they have different characters in terms of literature. Some are historical. And when they are historical, they tell you that they have happened in real life with people like you and me. If they were fighting for freedom, you know God is a liberator. If they were dealing with hunger, you know that God does not like poverty. And there are also biographies. You can see how people were born, where they were born, the challenges they went through, and how they made it through life. They were not an overnight success. You look at Jesus. He was born in a manger. He was born in a stable. He had to be in exile and be a foreigner in a foreign land. Jesus understands the challenges of foreigners. He was not born with a silver spoon. He understands people who have no medical aid. He was not born in a hospital. 
if you read the Jesus of the Bible, he's not a Jesus of ideology. He was Jesus who welcomed women. He was Jesus who respected fishermen. He was Jesus who knew how to transform sellouts. But Jesus knew how to deal with them and make them his disciples. That is why the scripture, when we read in Psalms, there's wisdom, Proverbs, there's wisdom about relationship, about our relationship with God. The nature of how the writings are, there's poetry. Hallelujah. Let me sum it up. I want to jump to number four. Before I go to number four, Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 22, it says, My son, I like how God speaks. My son, my child. It says, give attention to my words. You see, nobody can read the Bible for you. You must read it for yourself. You must give it attention. You know, there's things that want your attention. You can't delegate it. If you neglect them, your problems will make you to go back. Sometimes I love problems because we pray better when we have problems. You go and read all the verses about family. You call them day and night. Oh Lord, you put the solitary in families. I love problems. They will force you to be a student of the word. Because transformation does not come from a comfort zone. My son, my son, if you are a son of God, if you are a child of God, you will know how to pay attention to the words of your father. Wisdom says pay attention to me. Incline your ear. Be inclined. You know, we are inclined to hear the world more than we hear God. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Tinamasikula and Sindiswen, we were taught about meditating on the word. We come the whole day. We issue, we issue, we issue, we issue. Think about it. Make notes. We marinate This is where you go deeper. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep this word in your heart. For out of your heart are issues of life. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Here they are alive. Once they are in the heart, oh Jesus, they move from the, from the heart. They are life. They are life to those who find them and health. There are sometimes fundies enjoy a apology. You know why? God said, I send my word to heal your diseases. I send my word.
Let's apply. When you read the Bible, there's multitude of wise and godly counsel. Hey, Bibi Limara. Bibi. You know one thing I like when I read the history of people in our struggle who were imprisoned in Robben Island. Some of them, the only literature they had was the Bible. If you sit with them and, and listen to the richness of how they talk about the Bible, and you see even, I don't know if they were born again or not, but and see how they lived their life. They are different to the different, they are different to the generation of the politicians we have. I'm not saying it in a critical manner, but I'm just saying my observation. Different. How they talk, how they carry themselves out. There's a way the Bible educates you and socializes you. It solidifies you. It brings a certain dignity. It's tones, man. Ungabopanga. Ungatwalanga. Marweno yasindanji. The word of God has answers to the riddle. You know, riddles are things that challenge us. Things that are mysterious about our life. And the problems that only lies in God to solve. You know, when you are a wise counselor, you know the value of the Bible. The Bible brings profound insight. You know, you know there's a scripture that made me to stay away from alcohol. Just listen to what I'm saying. I'm, not, I'm saying, me stay away. Don't, don't read what I've not said. Don't read what I've not said. And I get alcohol. It's pizza. It's pizza. It's pizza. Listen to what I, what, I, what I learned from Proverbs. That made me to stay from alcohol. It's a mother speaking to a wise king. Lemuel king. It is not for kings. It is not for kings. Yeah. To look at wine when it's red. But it's for those who are troubled and depressed to drink it. Go and read it in different translations. So, when I go to Revelations, when I go to Peter, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a kingly priest. As a kingly priest, for other people who don't know who they are, for me, it is not for me. Yeah. To look at it. Because I'm not depressed. I'm not confused. And I'm a king. Now, that word by itself, that word by itself has given me wisdom to know who I am and what I can indulge in and what I can't indulge in. 
Samson was a Nazarite. And his life was clearly spelled out. It was not everybody who was a Nazarite. Proverbs 8.14, it says, Counsel is mine, wisdom is mine, understanding is mine, power is mine. The Bible gives you the ability to be a wise counselor. It enables you to have insight, good judgment, power. Proverbs 12.15 indicates that, you know, for you to benefit from wisdom, you must learn to listen. Verse 15 says, the way of the fool is right in his own sight. But the wise man listens to counsel. You see, sometimes we can be so foolish to be worshipping our own opinions. We can be thick-headed that we don't listen to good advice that comes from other people. Because we all need coaching. We all need advice. We all need counseling. You know, it surprises me. You find a CEO of a company that is huge who earns 21 million a year with benefits and with bonuses. They have a life coach. In my books, they have arrived. But somebody who earns 20,000 a month, they are arrogant. They don't want to listen to anybody. They are cheeky. I, 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 I was just observing. But we, all of us, as I round up, all of us, we need others to advise us. But, but didn't you think about this? You know, sometimes I, I, I just wonder. Why were we not born as adults? So vulgar, so 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 cool and so in the Kellogg's cool and you're born as an adult. So Zagalama Kellogg's lapha. We have decided not today, black and grey. You take yourself to school. No, that's not how we were born. We are born as babies. Some, somebody to prepare us into youth, into adulthood to help us to learn how to pray. That is why we come to church. We are being prepared to be under a pastor, to be shepherded. That's counsel. That's counsel. Somebody has to invest in you. We are here teaching you because Bishop, in his wisdom, he instructed us. But we were there to take instruction. If you are big-headed and you think you know better than other people, you know, sometimes, let me just talk openly. <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes we, 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 as pastors, we have to help people prepare for marriage. And there's premarital classes, six months. There's other people who says, man, this Moshe, this guy, Nifuna Sishate, why is the final lesson? Six, six months. Sassy red. You see, when you are in love, when you are in love, it takes more than love to stay in a marriage. 
takes more than love. Yabona manje usashiswa kuyi infatuation yama ice cream, cafe latte. Usakweli cafe latte. There will come a time, three years after marriage, you will have missed an opportunity to sit with experienced, wise people who have paid school fees on your behalf, who wanted to sit with you for four months and coach you and mentor you and make you wiser for your journey. So that when, when love is cold, you will be able to say, You will be able to stay. You will be able to say what God has put together. It's not going to be separated. Paul David Tripp says, foolishness is more than being stupid, but it's a deadly combination of arrogance and ignorance. You know, if you stay with people and you are not meek to be teachable, here you are, you're about to start a business. Those, those people know this person. That is a con artist. Or your money is gone. And here you are. You are with them. They want to talk to you. But they are afraid of telling you because... You, you think they're jealous. So they're going to see you being proudly conned. <laughs> proudly conned. Because you are arrogant and ignorant. But you know, I have come to admit this. There's a lot of things you don't know. That other people know. And that is why you must fellowship with them. Yeah. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is awesome. Your word is alive. Your word is at work in our lives, oh God. Your word brings counsel. Your word opens the eyes of our understanding. Father, we thank you for this pillar. May you help us to use it and implement it in our lives, oh God. That we may not fall into the foolishness of the traps of life. When you speak to us, help us to be quick to hear, oh God. Slow to hear and quick to act. We pray. We pray, Father God, as you counsel us, as you instruct us, as you give us a plan. May we know that the plans that you have for us is not to harm us, but is to bless us and give us a future. Where we have made mistakes, oh God, we are asking for your grace and your mercy to help us to order our steps in the right way that we may live in the wisdom of the power of your word. You said the entrance of your word brings light. Oh Lord, enlighten our souls that our souls may be in line with what you are saying in our spirit, oh God, we pray. We pray. We pray. We pray, Jesus. We pray. We pray. May this word, which is like hammer, break down any stubborn area in our lives. That, Lord, we may live to enjoy the blessings of the wisdom that comes through counsel.
we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you. As we have our eyes closed, every head bowed, maybe you are coming here for the first time. You have not received Jesus in your life as your Lord and your Savior. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life. Today, you, God has been talking to you. He has shown you how you have lived your life without God. How you have made certain decisions that today you are not proud of. God loves you. God does not condemn you. You are here. The best thing you can do, you can say, Lord, I'm available. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. I'm willing to give my life to start again with you. If you are here and you want to give your life to God, to receive this counsel to order your life the way God wants you to do, could you kindly raise your hand wherever you are seated? Let me pray for you. Wherever you are seated, wherever you are, even in the overflow room, wherever you are, just show me by raising your hand. God cares for you. God loves you. You don't have to live life as you have lived it. You don't have to commit the wrongs you have committed. God forgives. God cleanses. God washes. And when you accept him, he brings you wisdom that you have never known in your life. He's that wisdom. He is that wisdom. If you are here and you want to give your life to God, could you kindly raise your hand wherever you are seated? Just show me by raising your hand. I'll pray for you. God bless you at the back, my sister. Anybody else? Anybody else? God bless you, my brother. God bless you. I see hands are going up. Just raise those hands and keep them up. God bless you, Mama. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'd like to pray for you. For you to give your life to God. Wherever you are, God bless you at the back. God bless you. Just raise your hand wherever you are that I may see it and I'll pray for you. Anybody else? You want us to pray with you. You can give your life to God. God can give you wisdom to live life to the fullest. Life to be effective. Oh, there's so many hands at the back. God bless you there. God bless you. Keep those hands up. Keep those hands up. Anybody else? Anybody else? Wherever you are seated, even in the foyer, you can raise your hand and we will pray with you. You don't have to continue with your life the way you have done things. You can be wiser. You can be better. You can live life to the fullest. We just grant you the opportunity. Oh, God bless you this side. To give your life to God. Could you kindly stand where you are? Take your Bibles, your belongings, and move here to the front. Just stand where you are.